like to have fun. Yes. At the Catalyst Recording Studio. Welcome to Catalyst, the Launch by NTT Data podcast. I am Chris Lasacco, VP of Product Innovation here at Launch, and I am joined by my longtime business partner, Gina Trapani. Hello. Hi, Hi, Gina. How are you doing? I'm doing doing great this morning. Yeah? Yeah. You know, it's September. It's supposed to be like cool and crisp outside of New York City. It's definitely not. not. It's not. And I completely (laughs) overdressed. And then I stepped out of my house and saw all my neighbors in like shorts and t-shirts and was like, I made a mistake. This is the thing. It's not, and it's not pleasant when you're, I mean, not that it's really pleasant anywhere, but especially in New York City, it's like, oh, it's it's mid-September. Come on, get with it, weather. I'm doing all right. We're making do. (laughs) We're We're making do. We're making do. Here's the conversation I want to have with you today. Let me set a little background. We're having a physical thing built in the real world. Oh my God. With like- Stone and wood and cement and actual material. It's, it's kind of an amazing thing for uh, for software people to, <laughs> really to see physical stuff being built. So we're having an art studio built for my family, mm-hmm. and we are working with an architect to build this studio. So greenfield, like right now, it's like a patch of land. There's nothing on it, and now and Correct. your buildings. Oh, I love a good greenfield software project. <laughs> Right. But a physical construction project is terrifying. Tell me about this. It's terrifying. It's exciting. It's uh, it's all over the place. It is costly. That's a whole other podcast. Right. Um, I've had this moment. So we've we've been at this for several months, me and my wife. And there have been so many times where we have been like, you know, what are we doing? And then I have this moment where I'm like, oh, this is this is what our clients must feel. This is just, and I'm serious. You are the client. You are the client. We are the clients. And it it is just like software because this is a domain where we don't have any expertise, right? right? We are not, we didn't grow up with architects in the house. Uh, We didn't, you know. General contracting, not the family business. Not the family business. We haven't built a thing before. We've done some home improvements, but it's not like, you know. uh, This is next level. This is next level. This is, you're starting from, like you said, it's a blank patch of land and we're, you know, erecting something. And so I thought it would be interesting to have a conversation about, you know, the kinds of things that I'm realizing and how we address them in our business because there's just so many parallels. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, how many times do we say in our business it comes down to setting expectations? And that is so true, right? Because here's here's what I'm realizing. When you're on the client side, you don't know anything. Obviously, we have a vague sense of what we want to build, what we needed to do, you know, how my wife is going to use this space. Right, you have right? like She's a vision. Artist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she has very particular, you know, requirements. Yeah. They're project requirements. Yep. But translating those requirements into here's the building that's going to suit these needs and here's how we go about getting it done, we have no idea right. about that. We don't know what the stages of the process are. Mm-hmm. We don't know what questions to ask. We don't know how long each, each thing, thing should takes. take. Right. It's all kind of up for interpretation. Right. And so we're coming in and it's incredibly uh, like helpless. It's a helpless feeling. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's also we're putting so much trust in our architects to set our expectations so that we know what's coming. Right. So that we know what's next down the down the road. So the architect, so because I know nothing about construction. So there's, you know, there's like the general contractor and the electrician and the plumber and the the drywall per- person, but yes. the architect is the first person that you're interacting with general or the person who is like setting the the overarching plans. 
Correct. Does that make sense? And that's the person that you're, inter- you're interfacing with first. So it's like laying out, okay, this is what we're going to do. They were stop number one. They were stop number one. Got yes. it. And w- when we came to them, we basically said, again, in broad strokes, here's what we want. Here's, w- mm-hmm. here's what we need. Here mm-hmm. are a few specific things that we know we want to be checking off. Mm-hmm. But then the rest was open. And we basically said to them, we're choosing you as our architects because we like your style. We had looked at previous buildings that they had designed. We, mm-hmm. you know, we very much like connected with their approach to things. Yep. This is um, a lot of why our clients come to us. Exactly. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. But then we were like, tell us what's next. Right. So now tell us what to do. Tell right. us what's going to happen. Right. And so it was absolutely critical for them that they lay out what is this path that we're going to go on together. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And communicate about it regularly. And we've had a couple of moments, you know, it's gone for the most part very, very well. But we've had a couple of moments where we just, we got a little antsy and a little concerned, not because they were doing something wrong, but because they weren't communicating about what they were doing. Right. And it was not an issue for them because they're like, oh, like, we're, we're heads down, get heads work down. done. This is the normal is course of business, right? right. We're, you know, we're in uh, schematic design and we're going to be moving to, you know, detailed design next. And we're like, well, we didn't know that, you know, right. you, you haven't yeah, sent us an email on. in two and a half weeks. Like, oh what's yeah. Going on? That's a long time. It's a long time. Yeah. So it's the same thing with us, right? Yeah. We, it is v- absolutely incumbent upon our project teams to be one step ahead or several steps ahead of the client and yeah. make sure that we are setting their expectations and then meeting them following through or exceeding those expectations about when we're doing certain things, why we're doing certain things, what we're doing when right. we're doing them. It's just been so fascinating to feel like, oh, when things go radio silent for a minute, you feel powerless. Yeah. You're like, well, yeah. what's going on Thanks. now? Yeah, what's you know? going on? Are you working for me or not? This is a lot of money. What are we doing? Is anything happening? Exactly. Yeah, that's a lot of anxiety. So I want to go back to just when, when you spoke to the architect, because there are like lots of reasons why someone might do a project like yes. you're doing, right? You yeah. could be like, I want to increase the value of the place in general. I want the absolute perfect art studio that, you know, my, my partner can work in for the next two decades. I, I want to make sure that it's super modular and that we might be able to, you know, extend it in a few years. Like, mm-hmm. I want to really invest, you know, I've got a big budget. I want to invest up front or, you know what? I've got a little budget. I want to just start with something. And in two years, I want to talk again. Like there's lots of different like priorities, right? Did the architect sort of say to you, you know, what, like what's most important to you? Is it most important that we get this absolutely right now? Is it, is it value? The whole, like, did you kind of set that North star that we, we call it in our business? Like this is like, what is the, you know, the, the most important thing to you in this project? I know you, so I know you have this in mind. <laughs> but I'm curious if the architect wanted to know. I, so it's a complicated answer. Right. Yes. I yes think to we, all of those. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we did have some of those discussions for sure. Mm-hmm. We did set a North Star about, you know, ultimately what are the like guiding principles behind right. what we're doing? What does success look like at the what end of this? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. So that was clear. But here's the thing. There's the overall overall North Star, and then there's these micro decisions that happen. Every single time you meet, you know, every time you talk, there's a bunch of like little things that ladder up to that North Star. Right. And some of those things are more obvious and easier to talk about than others. Yeah. And because we are, we're not domain experts, it is not always obvious to us where, you know, the important Uh, trade-offs are versus the, the smaller things, Right. We had a whole discussion about the roof material. Like, mm-hmm. what kind of roof do you want? Do you mm-hmm. want shingles? Do you want metal? Do you, and 
I felt like a novice because I was like, I, what I are the know. trade-offs? You tell me. Like, yeah. what, what does one get me over the other? Right. Are we talking about like how long they last? Are we talking right. about what kind of maintenance they need? Are we about talking aesthetics. Right. Are we talking about, I mean, we live in a world of climate change, right? Are we talking right. about like how resilient this is going to be to a bad storm or something? Right. Like, I just don't know. I don't even know what questions to ask. And so – Yes, the guiding principles were clear, but it's also like it is a constant you – need, you need guidance. You need right. a point of view. Again, it's so funny because we would have these meetings and then I would – you know, we'd hang up and I'd turn to my wife and I'd be like, this is what we tell our people. Like you need to come with you a point of view. You need to come with a point of view, right? So you kind of want them to say to you, here are your options. It could be metal. It could be shingles. It could be this. But, you know, I heard from you that you really like the aesthetics of, of, of metal or, or I heard from you that like you want this roof to last for the next 20 years. You don't want to have to replace it or, I heard, you know, or I think I would recommend this one for that reason. But exactly. here's what you're going you're gonna to trade off. This is about like really listening to the client, understanding what's important 100%. to them. hundred percent. Because you can't have a point of view unless you – you have to have some inputs, right? Some, yes. some data points, right, to have that point of view and say this is the reason why. Or even if not – no inputs on the client. Just I prefer the shingles because I'm concerned about client change you know, or whatever it is. Like this is what I would recommend to my clients because this is what I'm seeing right now in the world. Yes. Or I've done two dozen of these projects and right. I know that in year six, you know, you're going to experience gonna problems problem. in this way. So make right. sure that you choose X, Y, or Z. Right. Like they are bringing a level of experience and expertise right. to the issue that we just do not have. This right. is our first literally number one, right, construction right. project. And they have done – I mean, hundreds collectively when you look across their firm. Right. So again, this is the same thing that I think we try to do right. in our business. Where make a recommendation, like, have a point of make, view. Have a point of view, mm-hmm. right? We have stood up platforms that have scaled to millions of users. And here are some decisions that you want to make in the ahead of time if that's where you think you're going. Or not. Maybe you have a different aim, right? You want to get something in the hands of users as fast as possible. Okay, yeah. then you're going to make a different set of trade-offs. Like, yeah. The guiding principles need to translate to here are the decisions that you're going to make on a day-to-day level that are going to like meaningfully impact the thing you're building. Yes. I always think about that. That scene in Mad Men, and I'm gonna, I may not recall it perfectly because it's been a long, many years, but they're, they're basically, they're in the cab on the way. The team wants to put a couple of options in front of like Heinz or something. Okay. And, uh, they're in the cab on the way there. And Don, like, very purposefully leaves behind the other options and goes in with one option. And says, this is, this is it. This is it. And of course, you know, TV world, they sell it, et cetera. But later on, the team was like, what the hell? Kill- what the hell? Yeah. We did so much work on those other options. They were good. Why right. wouldn't we put them in front of the client? And Don Draper says, you don't put multiple options in front of the client. It <laughs> I makes love it. you look weak. Oh. Yeah. Sick burn. It makes you look weak, uh, which has always stuck with me, right? Because I go back and forth on this, right? Because I I really view our clients as partners, right? So, like, I I don't want to treat them like they're dumb. They don't know their business. Like, you know, I don't want to put options in front of them and then say, like, depends. Up to you. What do you think? I like showing them a couple of options and then saying, these are the trade-offs, these are the dependencies, and here's what I would go with if I were you. But like, maybe they're going to give me information that I don't have, or maybe they, there's another, part, you know, like we haven't uncovered. I think that should be a conversation when you're, when you are partnering I agree. Uh, with someone. So I think the like, you know, if there's only one good option uh, and anything else makes you look weak is a little too extreme and very well-made for TV. But I always think about that scene. I mean, I think there's truth to it. I think there is a, there is a time and a place where it is incumbent upon you as the as the expert in the room yes. to be like this is what you should have. This, this is, is what, what you should, should do. do. And here's why. And I got to say as a again as a client in the scenario where we're building something, it's actually a relief when yes. you have someone come to you and say yeah, you're like the expert is telling me. I'm confident that this is what you need to do. This is also applicable 
in doctor patient relationships. Like, Ooh, you know, that's a great, it's one. a, it's a great one, right? I went through a, a whole health thing a few months ago and there were decision points and you know, my doctor was amazing and she would lay out all the options and I'd be like, okay, I understand. And it was like, what would you do if this yeah. was you or your daughter? What would you recommend? I want, I wanted to know. And I think she was, you know, really trying to empower me to make decisions about, you know, my life and my health. And, and I get that. Yeah. But I also wanted to know because I trusted her and, you know, that was important to me. And so it always, it always just, it drives me a little crazy when the doctor's like, up to you. And I'm <laughs> right. like, I, I understand that it's my life and my health and it's up right. to me. But I didn't I wanna, go to med school. I, I didn't go and to I med school. Yeah. yeah. Like I want, what would you do if it was your mom or your sister or your daughter? Yeah. Like I always try to ask that. Yeah. So totally agree with this. This is a... Hard thing, right? Because it's scary. You go out on a limb and say, this is what you should do. You know, right. <laughs> like I want to do the right thing with my client. I want them to own this decision, but also I want to tell them, I want to give them good advice. I want to give them good advice. Yeah. And I want to make sure that we are, we're guiding in the, yeah. in the way that I think we can do from a, a more informed place, right? Mm-hmm. A little bit more, we have a little bit more to draw on. Yeah. Just like you've got experts in other fields who have a little bit more to draw on. Yes. And so it's, it's very helpful to hear, you know, what decision a doctor would make or what decision right. an architect would make. Right. You know? um, the other thing that is very relevant, I think, to what we do is there are cost implications that we just yes. don't – we don't have facility with. Yeah. Say say more about that. There are deci- – you know, you could choose to have a siding of a particular wood that is – 20 times more expensive than a different kind of wood. (laughs) And (laughs) there might be a justification for that or there might not. And it's very hard to make a call without knowing the ins and outs of what you're doing. And we really need guidance and direction there too. Because, I mean, obviously we're looking to stay within budget and control our costs as much as possible. Sure, but we also is. We don't want to make a dumb decision, right? We don't want to save a dollar now and have to spend $100 in a couple of years yes. because what we picked, you know, was not durable or right. it wouldn't stand up in the environment that we expected it to. Like, mm-hmm. there are very real trade-offs that you're making. Yeah. Or like ordering the windows. Windows are very expensive, we found out. But it's like there are, you know, there are pretty, there's a reason to go with a, like a higher end material because right. it's going to save your own heating and cooling bills and bingo. insulation. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the idea that to spend your money wisely, you need to have mm-hmm. more information and yes. more guidance is crucial in making these decisions. Right. Very much a parallel to our business, right? Yes. You, there are things you can do in a software project that will be a lot more cost effective, right, up front. And it's on us as the provider to say, hey, let's talk through what these options are. And we're going to come with a recommendation because right. we think you don't need to spend this money right now. Or you do need to spend this money right now. Right. And here's why. And Because right? you, you're going to save this money. The, the total cost of ownership question, right? Like how much money am I going to save in the long run if I invest up front here? Total cost of ownership. That's right. And these decisions, particularly these big budget decisions, you're not making them in isolation, right? Because you've got this overall budget and you're yes. like, okay, I'm convinced that the wood that costs 70% more, I'm getting the value for my dollar now. Like I should, I should spend that. But I have a reality, which is I have a set amount of dollars now for this entire project. Where, how does this affect my budget for the other things? And is the value I'm going to get from the more expensive windows more than the value I'm going to get from the, the wood siding, this right? This is like, exactly it. All, they're all like all the dependencies, right? Yes. So you got to, you know, if you're going to spend here, you're going to save here. And how, how does that, is your architect, are your people, is your team like helping you, helping you with those kinds of decisions? They are. are. Feeling, okay. There's a spreadsheet, I imagine. Oh my God. There are multiple, <laughs> multiple spreadsheets. spreadsheets. <laughs> well, and, and the architect is making design decisions. Right. 
So what's interesting is they will propose something, but then they'll also say, "You do, like we don't have to include this, right?" An example of this is there are uh, planters like mm-hmm. outside of the studio on the exterior, mm-hmm. which look really great. You know, in the renderings, they look amazing. Yeah. And, and so we're like, "This, this is those awesome, renderings, right? they'll get you." Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the budget They're expands when you see the rendering. Yep. <laughs> That's another small thing, by the way, right? Why? What's the importance of a high fidelity visual mock-up? Well, that's why. That's right? why you it see the planters. It, it brings it to life <laughs> yes. in a way that you don't. When you're looking at a schematic design, it's like yes. okay, it's the same thing with a wireframe and a visual design. Yes, like exactly. Just, yes, it, you, you connect to it in a way that you don't connect to when you're just looking at Lines. a skeleton. Yep. But the idea is with the planters, it's like when you're looking at it in a row in a spreadsheet, it's like, oh, this is going to be more concrete and more planning and more excavating. And it's like there are implications there that we wouldn't necessarily have talked through, you know, when we're just looking at a picture, a really nice picture. Mm -hmm. Um, And the architects, to their credit, have said, you know, let's make sure that we're thinking about the downstream implications of all these decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, Because just because we can design it does not mean it's the right decision overall. Same thing with the roof, by the way, to come back to the roof. You could do like a really interesting roof design that is angled in a certain way, pitched in a certain way, and like looks really interesting, but is more to construct and is not as standard when it comes to building. So it's going to cost more. It's going to cost more, right? Um, Maybe it's going to be weirder, harder to fix later or deal with. Yeah, yeah. So those design decisions, like you need to be thinking about the building when you're designing. Yeah, absolutely. One of our philosophies when we're building software is like just to be really pragmatic, um, meaning like there's, you know, new and cutting edge uh, technologies and programming languages and approaches that that we could use. That's like, re- you know, really new, not a lot of talent in the market out there, but we can do it. It would make it so fast and it would be so great. And then it's like, wait a second, y'all. <laughs> What if our client needs, you know, needs to build a team or hire for this? Mm-hmm. What if this falls out of, you know, vogue? Why don't we use something that is proven, pragmatic, that's easy to hire for, that's easy to maintain later on, that isn't, you know. It's a little and like, boring. It's a little boring, right? So, you know, we'll sometimes use, you know, a, an unusual programming language or approach for like a one-time deal that's not going to be living on the platform forever, right? Because you want you want it to be easy to maintain and grow later yep. because it's going to be around, you know, if you're good at your job. Yeah. <laughs> the project's going to live on and grow and change over time, right? So it has to be something that you can easily staff and and train up folks on and have a great developer experience and, and have – Lots of documentation and yeah. This trade-off, this balance is something that is so important to get right. We have had projects where there have been very particular needs around like high throughput, high scale. Yeah. Uh, when you have a lot of users using the system at one time. Yes. And those can, you may want to choose like a a more niche technology or a programming language that is not as common because there's a reason for it, right? Yeah. You want to use Erlang, or you want to use something that's like uh, Elixir, Elixir, Rust, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These things that are not as widespread, right. but they are very, very good at a particular, particular kind job. of application. You need that's the most important priority. That's right. Again, uh, same thing with building a building, right? One of the needs of an art studio is that you have to have really good ventilation, mm-hmm. and so like we have this whole system designed with a with a fan that can like you know move a lot of air through mm-hmm. the system. Mm-hmm. It's specialized, and we wouldn't you wouldn't need to do that if you were just building a house, right? right? But because this has a particular application, we need to make sure that we have the right setup for it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fascinating to think about just not knowing, just- and <laughs> and it's a it's a constant reminder that it is incumbent upon providers to make sure that they are 
one or two or three steps ahead and making sure that they're bringing their client along so that they feel informed. Their expectations are set. They feel informed. They feel included. But they also feel guided. Guided. Right. You want to feel guided. You want to feel like you are in good hands. Right. That is what I want all of our clients to feel. I want all of our clients to feel like, okay, I'm not just cutting these people a check and having them write code and I have no idea what's going on. Right. Like I am I am guided, right? Right. I, I have a job. great partner. They know their stuff exactly. and they brought me to the right – they knew what to do and they were right. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah, – yeah. par- partnership is – it implies some level of, you know, we're taking on your right. problems and we feel some responsibility. For right. It. We're not just hired hands. We're, we're taking just, on your problems and your success is our success. All, exactly. uh, that, that partnership is I think is so important. I mean it's like – you have to go in feeling like not only am I here to do a job, but I'm here to not teach, but sort of you know externalize what that job is, That's how it. I'm doing it, what progress we made this week, what I'm concerned about, what we what blockers we have to clear, what decisions that we have to make, and then yeah, yes. yeah. So like two and a half weeks without an email, not to it sounds like you have a great team, but that's too long, yeah, way too long, especially I mean, when you're spending you know a big amount of you know a, a, a large, big, amount, a of large amount of money. We, yeah, we addressed that and that got yeah. better. You good. Know? And good. and I think it's the same kind of thing when you're if you're on the client side, right, and you're not getting. You put it beautifully, that externalization, yeah, you know, of what's happening. what's happening. Then right. you need to press for that. Right. It's the same thing with internal teams, by the way. If yes. you are like an internal product team, there are other groups in your company, marketing, sales, customer uh, experience, customer yeah. experience, customer success, that are not aware of what's going, what's going on. on. And it's and it is your job to externalize it. Yes. It's not their job to predict <laughs> what's going on That's right. in the product team. Because they all have in their minds all the things, you know, we didn't sell, we didn't close this deal because we don't have these features or this customer is frustrated and our product isn't working, right? So you actually, you know, as an internal product team, you have to constantly sort of communicate out, yes. here's all the progress that we made. That's right. And here are our priorities and here's why. And look at how great we're doing, right? Yes. To, to just sort of counteract uh, the feeling of like, why isn't our product where it needs to be? Why is this competitor so much better? You know, what are we doing? That's just that feeling of like, oh, we're stagnant. Nothing's happening. I mean, I've had this as a, as a leader. I've just been like, what are we doing? We're, we're stalled. We're paralyzed. Nothing's happening. And then, you know, somebody on my team like, no, no, Gina, <laughs> like, here's the list. And I was like, I just needed to know what was going on. I need you to tell me. You need to equip me with that. You, right. You need to equip me with that. Yeah. It's great that it was happening. Right. But it's not good that we didn't know. Right. Right. It's that, See, you know, perception is reality. Perception is reality. <laughs> perception is reality. Right. So and, if your client, you know, perceives that you're stalled and things are slow, then they are, right? right? Like there's something, yeah. And, and often this, it's just communication. It's communication. It's not uh, about a, a missing specialty, right? It's actually one of right. the basics. Right. Um, there's this weird human thing too, where it doesn't feel good when you have to ask and then there's yeah. a response and there was a lot going on. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Why did I have to ask? Why did I have to ask? I'm happy that there yeah. was a lot going on, but there's it's tinged with like, it feels not good. Right. Well, <laughs> you know? the feeling is, oh, it wasn't a priority for you to let me know what was going on. That's like, right. I'm your client. Like, aren't I your first priority? Like, and, you know, I get I get it, especially with crafts with people who are, you know, practitioners and, and are so good at their crafts. Like, they're like, I want to get the job. Like, the work is going to speak for itself. But that's not true. Right. You have to also speak for the work. You have to fill in the you context fill around in the, context the work. The work, yeah. Yeah. To come back to the options thing for a second, I also think there's something to be said for presenting a recommend, like one recommendation or maybe like two recommendations that both feel really good, but then hinting at or like in a low fidelity way, describing that you explored a lot of other paths right. and they didn't work. 
this is something that we've done in the past. Yes. Uh, one of my favorite techniques, and, and you've seen this happen. I is have. I know exactly what you're talking about. I pull up a design document and I zoom way, way out. Way out. Right. So, you, so it's just thumbnails. It's, it's just thumbnails. a field of thumbnails. You can't see anything, but what you can see is the breath. <laughs> right. I will describe to a client, like, we did 24 explorations right. across a lot of different paths. We're not going to show them all to you today. What we right. are going to show you are the two that felt really good. This works so well. I mean, you just, you get the like raised eyebrow. They're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> okay. Like I, you were hard at work last week and now you're going to, sh- and now you're just going to give me the headline, which also executives, like high level people are like, great. Give me the Don't headline. walk me through the 24 right? options. Yeah. Yeah. But I see what the work you put in. This wasn't an off the shelf Here's what you should do. Yes. You know, this was like we we did all these explorations based on your your issue, and this is what we came up with. It's yes. a very good technique, and I mean, it's true. Like we do do exactly. those explorations. It's not for it's not showmanship. It's the truth. Right. But it's about communicating. It's about saying showing your work a little bit. That's right. If you're showing it to just prove that you did a lot of work, that's the wrong answer. Right. What, right. what you should be doing is trying to include again. It's setting context. Right. Bring your client in and say, here's here's what we've been going through. We right. don't want to dive into all these details because that's not a good use of your time. That's what yeah. our time is that's for. That's what our time is for. That's right? right. But we want you to know that it happens so that it, it provides the layer around what we are actually going to show you today. <laughs> this is when a client feels like they're getting just great high-end service. That's right. right. There's one more point I want to make. Mm-hmm. It is a really bad feeling as a client when you are on a time and materials contract. So our contract with our architect is fixed fee. Mm-hmm. But we have – there's some portion of the work that we're doing on a time materials basis. Okay. So so when you say fixed fee, it's $1 amount for an outcome and you're not counting hours. It's not like you have this many people. For, it's just this is the price and here's what we're getting for That's the price. That's exactly right. And then time and materials is I bring in – the plumber for three hours and you're paying for, and he's 50 bucks an hour or whatever it is. That's probably very low. And you're paying for that. I just want to make sure. Yes. That is the structure. Right. Just to make it clear, we're doing the studio project and then we have a small adjacent project Mm -hmm. that came up as we were talking about the studio. Mm -hmm. And so that very small project we're doing as a time Time materials. Got it. Where we're just essentially spending for time spent. Got it. Got it. Yep. Um, And the point I want to make is it feels really bad when you feel like you're paying for time and you don't know how the time is and being spent. you don't know how the time is being spent. And you think, this person is just billing me hours and I don't know where they're going. Right. We have lucked into a very good relationship with our architects. So we don't feel like they are using our money irresponsibly. Mm-hmm. But it does really bring home – when it's your own money, it no. <laughs> really brings home for you yeah. how you should be interpreting what your clients feel. And it's not exactly a one-to-one comparison, right? Because very often our clients are senior executives who are, you know, working with budgets that were handed down. That it's not, right. it's not quite the same as like, you know, we're giving this to you out of our savings. Right. But it, it is a very, you know, personal thing where you right. feel like, oh, this is – I, I want to make sure that every – hour is like well spent. Right. If because I, because that family vacation isn't going to happen if, if this overruns, like it's a, a very personal thing it's a yeah, very or, personal you know, thing. dinner or school or whatever it is, you know, yeah, because right. it's your own money. That's right. And it, it just, it really highlighted for me that when we have, I mean, cer- in all kinds of engagements, but certainly when we're doing time and materials engagements where yeah. we are, where the client is paying for our time because we are providing, you know, a level of service or expertise or implementation that they don't have. Yeah. We have a, a huge responsibility there to make sure that right. we are using that time 
wisely and giving them the value and showing them showing the them value. the value this is why you're paying us this is why we spent this time this, this is why, why it was spent, several weeks and right. here's what you got this is what you got done right, right. it ultimately has to translate to something you accomplished right that's it's right not, you can't just spend the time to spend the time it has to be you know we got this design done or we did these revisions or we did you know whatever the case may be yeah it's like you got to tie it to an outcome. An outcome. No one pays for people to sit in seats in their office. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Right. I'm sure you're you're loving having your your space crawling with uh, construction workers at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a whole other yeah, thing. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean- New perspective on time materials. It's a, it's a new perspective yeah. on time material. Yeah. When you get that invoice and you're like, oh, it's been you know this much time spent and it's- right. If I can't map that in my head- Again, I want to be clear. I have been able to. Like, it's not like I'm <laughs> just complaining on the podcast about right. <laughs> uh, how un- unhappy I am with my architect. Right, right, um, right. But it, it brings it into stark focus that you right. need to make sure that that those hours mean something. Right. This is something that we have tried to infuse across the the whole company, right? The whole group that we manage. You need to uh, show be, the value. Be, you need Demonstrate to show the value. the value. You need to be thinking about the business outcome, not right. about the time spent. It That's is not right. about logging hours. That's right. It is about getting something accomplished. Right. It's not about filling the 40 hours that you got booked for. That's, That's right. exactly right. That's right. I knew that you had this project going on, but this is a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome I'm when it's all done. But this is excited. a journey. I'm glad this is happening because I, I feel renewed empathy with our clients. <laughs> and it sounds like you definitely have, have it as well. I, I absolutely do. And I love client work, you know, yeah. but it has been a good reminder. A about good reminder. The basics. About the getting the basics right and about right. making sure that we are bringing our clients along. along right, And that yeah. we are giving good guidance because that at the end of the day, like that's why we're in the room. That's what we need to be doing. Yeah. 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 You're in the middle of the journey. You're in the woods. You're like, I don't know. I think we're, (laughs) I think we're walking in the right direction and it's going to be great when we get there, but you're going to get there. And that's when, you know, when, when you, when you set those expectations and that communication is happening, when you feel like you've gotten value for your dollar, that's when you shout from the rooftops that this went really well and recommend these folks to build for others. I'm so glad you said that. Re-engage them in a couple of years on something else. That is a hundred percent playing out. And we are already thinking about the next project that we want to do, you know, if, and when we're able to do it. So you know, good business begets good business, right? If, if you're happy with, I mean, it, it goes the same for construction, right? I mean, there are, you know, uh, projects that live and die by the contractor that you get. Yes. And so making sure that you've got a good team and then, you know, knowing you've got a good team, then you're a thousand percent more likely to want to work with them again in the future. Yes. And we're very lucky that we've had a lot of repeat business from our clients. It's the majority of our business. The majority of our business. business. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And, and you know, and our clients, our stakeholders, they got bosses. Everybody's got a boss. Everybody's got a boss. They've got bosses. They've got a budget. They have a mandate. And when we can get them there and their bosses are saying to them when they're in the middle of the woods, are you going in the right direction? Is something happening? What's happening? And if we equip them with this is what's happening and we're on the way and and we're going to have something great. I mean, when I hear that one of our clients, you know, more than one, several of our clients, you know, have gotten promoted because they've been able to show Love that. Brought in this partner, got this done in a better place than when we started. You gave me this big, hairy, you know, difficult product platform IT project and I got it done. You got it done. That's that's huge. That's huge. We've seen we've seen several people uh, because, you know, then they build that reputation with their bosses like, oh, they get this done. You know, our clients will say to us, like, we couldn't have done this without you. And I was like, that's (laughs) great. Then we did our job. We did our job. Yeah, we showed that we showed that we can ship. We showed that you can ship. We showed that you can ship. That's right. That's right. That's the point. 
this is great. If others are listening and they're like, I, you know, I have a story that's similar to this, or maybe something's not going as well, and we want to talk, we love to hear these kinds of things. We love to hear a, a tough software project or a parallel to the, the trials and tribulations of building software. <laughs> we um, do. We have a new email address. Please reach out. It's Catalyst, C-A-T-A-L-Y-S-T, at nttdata.com. I will uh, be honest with all of you that we have gotten less, less response. A little less email lately, y'all. Than, yep. we, than we used to than get. We so <laughs> we want to see is, your email. We read every single one. Yeah, we please. like reading email. We really do. It's, it is a weird thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, reach out. We'd love to hear from you. And we appreciate your time yes. listening, listening to us. So work out all of our inner demons on, on the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we do this, Gina. <laughs> we have to do a follow-up to this one because I want to hear how this project goes. We'll do it in a few months. <laughs> that sounds great. All right. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, all. Bye-bye. Bye.